everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 3, Episode 21. It is called Hollow Pursuits. So, full spoilers for the episode as always. And finally, someone properly uses the holodeck for some porn. I just, it took all this time, uh, but someone finally did it. Uh, I kid, I kid, of course. Uh, so this is an episode about a a just a guest character who's who's a member of the crew, but he's a guest character, and I have to g- give them props because I did sort of have a question in the first like minute of the episode. He pushes Jordy back, uh, and it's like a light shove, and he goes flying. Yeah, I was like, that I was, was like, weird. Yeah, what's going on here? But then it kept going, and I went, "Oh wait a minute, this is in the holodeck. This is a simulation. This is a fantasy." Uh, you know, it, it was as soon as he started fighting Riker, and he, he had the upper hand. I was like, "Okay, all right, this is this is just nonsense." Like, this, right. this can't, I was like, "Is this a dream sequence?" This I, is fine. I, I'd forgotten that we were doing a holodeck episode from whatever we said last time. Yeah, so this um, is about this this guy uh, Barkley, who basically spends a lot of time in the holodeck. He's a very nervous guy. He he's, he has a lot of trouble speaking up. Uh, he has a lot of trouble arriving on time to his post, uh, whether it's in engineering or for a meeting or whatever else. And he spends all of his time in the holodeck in various fantasy scenarios, but all of the other characters are based on officers on the Enterprise. He's got a bit of a crush on Troy, for example, so Troy's in a very sleek dress uh, in the first episode. Or, the, sorry, the first episode, the first scene. And yep. then later on, when he's doing more fantasy stuff with swords and whatnot, Troy's the goddess of empathy. <laughs> yep, I mean, stands to reason, I guess. Uh, it's a whole thing. So the episode is, is about him, and Jordy's having a hard time keeping him in line. There's a mysterious, like, sort of anomaly happening in the Enterprise where various things keep happening. The system, essentially, it boils down to systems eventually going to shut down, and the the ship's going to just you know warp onto overdrive until it eventually destroys itself. That's where that's the extreme end at the end of the episode when things are actually dangerous. At first, it's more just like oh, this anti grav device doesn't work, or this glass of booze sort of started to leak in a really weird way because the glass the melted. structure yeah like just one part of it though so it's not a weird thing so that becomes kind of the crisis of the episode but that's the the gist of it but for the most part it's about trying to sort of include this this character jordy try to understand him and trying to sort of bring the best of him because he because he, he him and raker both go to picard after raker himself gives him a like a stern talking down to because he was showing up late they go to picard essentially requesting that he be transferred that he's not good enough that he's too problematic he doesn't work properly and picard being the upstanding captain that he is says no, I'm not going to transfer this problem just so it's someone else's problem. We're the Enterprise. We're going to actually try and fix this problem and bring the best out of them. So, Jordy, that's your job. You're going to have to keep trying. And Jordy's like, look, I hate this guy. I can't stand being in the same room as him. He's like, well, put that aside and do your job. And Jordy and Rick are like, fine, sir. <laughs> and that's kind of the, the setup of the episode. So, I will ask the question, what did you think of Hollow Pursuits? Uh, I thought this was a very uncomfortable episode. Uncomfortable Um, episode? I I do. I think this is one of those episodes that has aged really quite badly in its social topic, shall we say. This is a guy who very clearly has severe anxiety issues, as we would see it now. Mm -hmm. And the whole time is them just kind of going, oh, get over it. You'll be fine. Kind of just pushing him through it. And uh, when, when his therapist and his bosses are laughing at his coping device... That feels very, very uncomfortable. Like, and I felt that throughout most of the episode. I mean, hold, on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. The scene in question, which you're bringing up, I'm going to defend because it's hilarious. No, 
And uh, it's it's objectively funny, right? But it's in uncomfortable fact, that it's at, at his expense. I don't I don't know if I would say it as at his expense. I, I think I would maybe fight you on that scene a little bit. I also think there's another scene in this that has maybe the funniest moment of this show so far. Uh, there is a moment from Picard. So there's this whole thing where there's a nickname where Wesley apparently started calling him uh, Lieutenant Broccoli instead of Barclay. And very, very inventive there, Wesley. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It sort of catches on and Jordy accidentally uses it or Raker accidentally uses it in front of Picard. And they say, oh, well, this is... Wesley came up with this and like it's kind of cut on and Picard very sternly says, well, how about you uncatch it? Like, you know, it makes it very clear this is not okay. You can't have this nickname. Which is why, so so Picard, so, so to his credit, Picard is essentially, as much as you're saying it's dated a little bit and how the others sort of try to fix him, you know, that's maybe a poor phrase, but try to help him, try to bring him out of his shell and try to build his confidence. Picard typically is the one who's kind of doing the right thing where he said, no, we're not just going to pass him over, we're going to try and help him. And then later on, there's a scene where uh, they've, they've got Barkley up on the bridge and he's, he's with Data and Riker and they're looking at the computer systems, I think Jordy's there as well, and They've essentially come up with this plan, and there's a sort of running thing in this episode where Barkley, they kind of have to sort of draw out what the plan is out of him, where he's very unsure of what he's saying, and he's like, oh, we're saying we should do this then, you know, check these systems, check check this subsystem, do, run this analysis, whatever, and eventually say, yes, that's what we're going to do, blah, blah. And so Picard comes up, and knowing full well who this guy is, knowing that the meeting that they've had earlier in the episode, Picard comes up and sort of says, okay, so what's going on here? What's the plan? And he looks right at Barclay, and Barclay sort of nervously sort of stutters a little bit, but he explains kind of what he's going to do. And uh, Picard, you know, instead of being the hard-ass Picard, what's so funny about this is that Picard is really bad with kids, but for some reason an adult with issues of this nature he can handle all right. But Picard says, oh, very good then, that sounds very good. And then just at the end of the sentence, he, without realising it, just lets out, thank you, Lieutenant Broccoli. And then the dead silence of everyone reacting to the fact that he just said this, and then him like, correcting himself, I mean, uh, the, the, the Barclay. And then after yeah. after Barclay leaves, and then there's just, like, silence then for another, like, 10 seconds as Picard stands there awkward, to the point where Data tries to explain the, the mistake. It's an easy slip of the tongue. Yeah, but he just sort of gives up halfway through explaining it because he realises that Picard's not happy right now. And he just, he just, he's like, I'll just look at this computer. I'll just, I'll just start tapping yeah. away on this computer. I thought it, that seems I mean, hilarious. It, I, I agree, and this one I think didn't feel as mean spirited or as uncomfortable because this it was, was a, it was a slip. It was a it, it was a genuine slip, exactly. Yeah. yeah, where where Picard has been trying so hard, and I think he's the he's he's probably the only one who has tried in a genuine way, as opposed to the others, where the others are just like, oh, "We're fixing the problem because we're told to." For a well, lot, I, of it. I, th- I think Jordy gets there because I think the whole point of this episode, of course, is that over the course of the episode, he's eventually going to really help with something, right? He's going sure. to actually find a way of, of of doing this, um, and. Well, I agreed with the overall sentiment that, okay, the way they actually try and handle, like, his clear anxiety that he has, that, that no one seems to actually try and... Like, I, I think the first thing that maybe should have happened is that he should have been ordered to go and see the therapist. Like, that, that should have maybe been the first thing that should have happened. I, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, you know, Jordy kind of, like, pushes him into it and says, hey, you should go see Troy. And it's and even that scene's kind of entertaining in a way because we know what he's like with his fantasies with Troy. So as soon as Troy comes over and sits next to him and touches him at one point, he kind of freaks out a little bit. Yeah. And you know it leads to him just sort of escaping to his thing. And it's funny you say this is dated. The way they handle it, it kind of is, but in other way, it's also very ahead of its time. I think this character sort of like 
almost entombing himself in like a, a virtual world actually feels very relevant oh i i, I think the when i say it feels dated i mean the way they interact with him him yes. in particular i think is bang on uh like scarily almost and I, I think for me i have like multiple you know very close friends who are you know are like on medication for anxiety um to, you know it, it's affected them you know having jobs and stuff like that like it's it's very severe yeah uh, so you know you're just watching them kind of be really frivolous with it and if it, it felt just it, it felt really hard for me to enjoy i think it's, it's frustrating because well i agree with the sentiment i i do think that there are straight up things like showing up late for everything for example i think that is something you can straight up like you can get behind why Riker wants to play the okay i'm your superior officer do what you're told card right because yeah he, he is being essentially frivolous and he's not showing up on time like even someone with anxiety should you know maybe show up on time but at the same time it keeps sort of going and he keeps pushing the button and he keeps like and the way everyone because you know, gaining as well gaining gives some good advice to jordy where, where she says look you know maybe if like everyone was clearly nervous around me because because I, I think that's where you feel the more realistic element of it is when he's with the engineering team and they're, they're sort of spitballing the ideas for what they should do and the others west are is a little shit west is a little shit and kind of like corrects them and like explains everything in front of him and it makes him feel really small but what i was going to say though is more of the other characters who are around like when he is explaining when barclay's explaining what he's going to do admittedly very slowly and awkwardly that would maybe make everyone feel a little uncomfortable the camera kind of cuts around these other you know guest stars who we've not really seen before and they're all kind of noticeably sort of looking down and feeling kind of uncomfortable and awkward because this is just kind of like tedious to get through and they, they don't really know how to handle themselves around them yeah uh so that that stuff feels oddly realistic in that sense like the, the way it people does, kind yeah. of react around them um i i think I, I think it really falls into this weird place where i don't feel like the intentions of the writing of the episode are in any way like a problem i feel like this was probably very earnestly a solid attempt at the time to write a good nature story about a character like this and how the crew of the enterprise help him through this it's just that we maybe have a better understanding or have more examples now for why okay this isn't necessarily the best tactic i know i think that's absolutely the case um things like you know you say oh Riker's angry at him for being late he never actually asks him why like Riker never you know, never, mm. you know, like like a, a good boss. You you say, look, you're you're late all the time. Is is there anything wrong? Is there something you want to say? And, and you know, he, he's got anxiety. He, he'd say to, no. Well, to be but, fair, he already gives him a lie when he shows up late, though. What do you mean? Like when he shows up at the, the start, when he, he he drills him out for being late, he actually comes in and says, "Oh, I had a really important communique, and I had to respond to it immediately." You know, and it feels like you know, school child one hundred and one. No, why, it why does. Home, why, but... why I'm late sort of thing you would like to think a good boss would say look you know this this is going on a lot this is clearly not the case and and try and see it and 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 it doesn't actually check over the well-being of his oh that's a fair critique of Riker, but i think that's kind of the point where picard overrules him and says no you're not just passing him off like this and that would be okay if Riker learned from that but he doesn't because the next time he's not late he's just like Oh, the next time he's late, sorry, where he doesn't show up, mm. he's in the holidays. Like, screw this! I'm going down there. I'm pulling out myself. <laughs> I've had enough of this, and he's he's just rage filled again. He, he doesn't actually yeah learn. He doesn't learn anything, no. But it's not really a, his episode, though. It's more Jordy's episode. 
And this moment you're talking about where he goes down, this is where they go down to the holodeck. They find out he's in the holodeck and they're going down there. And this is where we get all, all this sequence. Like, I, I can't be that upset at this because I, I don't necessarily think it, like, I don't think it gets it that disastrously wrong as you're kind of giving it across. I, I, I was uncomfortable in this episode from a cringy way that I was terrified of them seeing what he was fantasizing about. I was terrified of them seeing what, what you know, what he ha- roles he has them in because of how uncomfortable, like, someone, like, sort of discovering what your weird fantasies I think, are. I think the problem for me is here, this scene takes place after Geordie's already seen it. And Geordie, you know, sits down with him and he's like, look, what, what's going on? Just talk to me. And he explains that, do you know what, this is just me blowing off steam and, you know, and he, he felt he couldn't talk to Geordie, so he did it this way and it kind of evolved over time. And Geordie's like, do you know what, fine. If that's, if that's what, you know, what helps you do it, you, you know, you do that. Um, and he kind of like goes, all right, I kind of see it. And then we still have the scene afterwards yeah, where it but becomes a joke again. Yeah, but you're ignoring a lot of the beats here. You, you're ignoring the fact that Geordie tries to go himself so that no one else sees what he's, what he's doing. But Raker's just angry and demands, no, I'm going down there. Uh, no. so, and, so, and, and, that, and that's why Geordie makes a point of saying, no, Councillor Troy, I think you better come. Like he, it's, it's not like he's just ignoring everything he's already, he's already seen or heard. Uh, no, I'm I'm not I'm not criticizing that element of it. I'm not saying oh Geordie shouldn't have, you know, gone along or tried to defend. That that's obviously not the case. I think just the writing in general taking this approach feels ill spirited, I guess. And not even intentionally so, because at the time I'm sure this wasn't they didn't think they were being malicious, but it it feels that way to me now. Here's the thing, you say he doesn't learn anything, and that's technically true, but he has been overly angry, right? I don't think anyone watches this episode doesn't think that Raker's going too far, or or maybe is is jumping the gun in how angry he is for something he doesn't quite understand. Well, especially when I mean, sure, Jordy maybe should say, "Hey, Commander, no, listen to me. I need to talk to you about like some stuff that I've learned or whatever," right? Yeah. I feel like that the, the, for us though, as the audience, Raker's comeuppance is kind of him meeting little Raker, and sort of that interaction is kind of the. Like he he's so mad going into that room. He's so mad going into the hollow deck, and you kind of want him to be brought down a peg or two. And having him see this and the humiliation and sort of anger that he feels from that, but then having Troy immediately sort of say, "Hey, no, you are pretty tall. Like it can be intimidating." I I think Troy being there is actually it, it kind of helps. This is probably the most complimentary thing I've ever said about Troy in my life, but. I think her inclusion here actually does kind of try and reel it in a little bit, but at the same time does have its own little payoff as a joke, which does actually kind of work where, you know, the, like she's explaining to Riker why he shouldn't be too mad about this and why this is a healthy, you know, way for him to like deal with his issues. And then they run into, you know, the goddess of empathy. And yeah, it could have been worse though. It, it could have been Troy in the dress with him kissing her. Like it could have, this could have been so much worse, uh, which That's would have true. been into proper uncomfortable territory. Uh, so I don't know, I was too busy laughing during the scene to really think about how they were handling the characters' issues. No, for, for me, like I said, it was very uncomfortable, and I couldn't enjoy it because I was just feeling that I was like, I don't really want to be watching this. Like I would skip this episode in the future personally, just because I don't want to watch this representation of it. Oh, I had a blast. I honestly, I, what's weird about this though is that I feel like I, I'm almost a little worried people are going to think I'm being insensitive here. But here's the weird thing: I think I relate more to this 
this character than you do. <laughs> I think I am far more of a loner, anxious, like social anxiety person, and I was having a blast with this episode. Um, no, fair enough. Maybe it's because I mean, maybe it's because he's so far gone to, to to take stance that I would never be. But I definitely have social anxiety. I definitely relate to not wanting to deal with people and just trying to like sort of hide from them. I relate to these things. Uh, so for for me. I guess that's why I actually was so scared of them finding what he was doing because I'm not someone who has virtual things, but I I I, I daydream a lot. I, I have a lot of like like stuff in my head where I'll think of scenarios and stuff. Not so much wish fulfillment stuff like this where I'm like fighting people in surface or <laughs> anything like that. But like like the idea of someone finding out what he what he's been like fantasizing about like in there like was in was genuinely like terrifying for me. So. I, I, like watching them come in and see this playing out was almost a catharsis in and of itself because it was like this release of like oh the worst fear i had is happening and it's not so bad it's actually kind of funny you know we can sort of appreciate the silliness for what it is and i don't know this this did not feel as mean-spirited as i think you're get because the, the characters like because even wesley's kind of told later on because wesley's even like oh i was kind of a dick wasn't i because i i kind of made him feel uncomfortable and I shot down what he was saying instead of giving him a chance which is something he clearly struggles to get to that point on his own yeah. uh, but yeah so no I think there is definitely characters in this who react incorrectly Riker was one that after the second like attempt or whatever it was when he was just getting angry every time uh, I, I start but I, I think there's also like a communication breakdown here where you know, by not going to uh, Troy properly and not actually telling her, you know, when he's there, he doesn't even tell her anything. He just, he, he finds an excuse to leave as quickly as he possibly can, but, but so he, he doesn't have to talk about anything. Uh, right, and I think that's where the point becomes the superior officer has to actually, you know, remove them from duty and, and schedule these therapy appointments and, you know, like you would in an actual organisation at this stage, rather than just... You know, get angry that they didn't do it on their own free will. That's kind of the point. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I... I don't know. I feel like you're being especially harsh on this when I don't necessarily think it's actually trying to definitively say anything. If Especially since most of the characters... I mean, Riker's actually the exception. Almost everyone else who interacts with them actually has at least that one scene in the bar later with, with Wesley where they kind of talk about like what the struggle is and you know how he is. And of course, it's his kind of thing that ends up kind of saving the day when he, he realizes that because sure. it's his idea that, oh, it's not a systematic error. It's just actually, you know, something that's spread around. Maybe it's one of us or maybe it's something. Uh, and it turns out that the, the canister at the start of the episode that, that, that spilled has like a element in it that's that's causing chaos. It reacts badly with, yeah. with all the, the, the newer things that have been created. Yeah. So they kind of figure things out and uh, stop the ship from, from exploding. Uh, and you know, I will say the fake out at the end. Like I, I knew exactly what it was. The second he said he was saying he was leaving, I was like, "Oh, he's saying goodbye to the holodeck. He's saying goodbye to his thing." I, I mean, he even has a different voice when he's in the holodeck. He literally puts on yeah. a different voice, so it was very clear. Like they weren't trying to hide it. Oh, I think they were a little bit because he, uh, he does stutter a bit more in this scene at the end than he does when he's in the holodeck. It's definitely kind of in between his two voices for sure. Okay, because Fair I enough. because I noticed this after I already you know assumed what it was so i thought it was yeah. interesting that he was stuttering uh it felt like that was supposed to be like oh maybe this is a real moment 
the fact that he walks into the bridge though and then walks to the front and just addresses everyone as if like as if the captain as if cap picard cares that he's transferring (laughs) you know and maybe cap picard would a little bit you know in in a way but not in the sense where he would be free to just walk onto the bridge in front of everyone, all the superior officers, and just be like, yes, I'm leaving, and, you know, I'm sorry I'm leaving. But so it'd be a little weird, wouldn't it? It'd be a bit strange. So so he walks off, he walks off. I have to admit, I have to confess, the, the final line of the episode, he says, he, th- he turns around, he's like, you know, delete all the, the programs related to me, but he turns around at the end and goes, except number nine, and sort of smirks and walks off. I have to confess, I didn't remember from there earlier in the episode what number nine is. Me either. I don't know what number nine is. I only remember the one where he runs, to, you know, where, where we hear him run and it goes into the the forest. I think the first time mm. uh, uh, is fifteen. I think uh, I, I vaguely remember that. Is but it the one where he gets that? Is it the one where he gets to punch Riker? Because I mean, <laughs> maybe I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's said at one point in the episode, but it wasn't emphasized enough that when he said it at the end, I really had any like recollection of how important number nine was and what the context of number nine is so no i didn't quite get that either so uh so i'll critique it for that um i clearly like this episode more than you did i i you know yeah things have definitely changed and there's definitely maybe a better understanding trek tends to incorporate i mean trek at this time at least tends to incorporate the best thinking at any given time into any of the issues that it's tackling for the most part at least to the best of its efforts uh, yeah. This is maybe an example of one where you know we're just a bit further ahead now, and some yeah, of the and, and but that I, happens. We spoke about this a few times on original series, especially. Oh, for sure. But that's even that's another twenty years back. So I mean, that makes sense that that has yeah. even more examples. But uh, I, I don't necessarily feel any ill intent in the writing, and I think for the most part, you can look at this as a character flaw in Raker, perhaps just as much as you can anything else, uh, mm-hmm. because most of the other characters get beats uh, and. You know, and obviously some of the characters that even interact or even have a have an opinion, you know, Data doesn't really, you know, Data just questions what a nickname is and is like, what's going on? And uh, Picard, for the most part, Picard through and through is... is yeah, the, Picard's generally, I'd say, the exception for me. He's the best dad um, captain he can be. Yeah, like he has a slip-up, but it feels like a genuine slip-up. Um, and it's genuinely mortifying for him. I wonder, I wonder if you could maybe justify this in a weird way by saying that Maybe there's less examples of this in the future, so a lot of the crew on the ship just aren't prepared or just have no experience dealing with a person like this, and that's why they're they're so bad at it. Um, could be. I think there is a throwaway line, um, but I think it's in the conversation between uh, uh, Jordy Riker and Picard near the start, where uh, they mention. These these tendencies were brought up in his time at start uh, at the academy. They were logged, and and Joe's like, well, why would he even want to be in this line of work? Like, it doesn't make any sense if that's the type of person he is. Um, so I guess in 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 Starfleet specifically, they don't have a lot of people with yeah. this sort of personality. Yeah, well, if you think about what age they joined the academy at, and the fact that before that they're kids, I mean. Yeah, maybe as adults they haven't really encountered much people like this that they yeah. they have the experience with. So, uh, it it could be that. Um, yeah, it could be. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily feel that uncomfortable in that sense. I mean, I see what you're saying, but it, it didn't. It wasn't ringing alarm bells for me in a way that like other elements have in some past episodes where I'm like, oh, this feels a bit dated or 
whatever. No, fair enough. I mean, for me, like, I can't... Like I say, I don't think it was written with ill intent. I don't think they went out of their way to try and do anything like that. I don't mean that at all. It was just a lack of understanding. Um, but to the point where watching it now, I I felt uncomfortable watching it, and I wouldn't want to watch it again because of that. Alternatively, I had two of the biggest laughs I've ever had in a Star Trek episode. The accidental nickname from Picard broke me, and then I was laughing a lot at Little Riker. Little Riker jumping out, and even having the voice changed a little bit, like the pitch was a little bit off to make yeah. him sound. He was putting this voice on. I feel like Jonathan Frakes probably had a blast doing this. <laughs> probably. He probably had a blast. Uh, and even simple things. You've got uh, Jordy, Data, and Picard all in these, like, you know, Three Musketeers-esque outfits with the wigs and the hats and all the rest of it uh, mm. you know and for some reason wesley's just standing around eating lots of food he's <laughs> a chump i guess i don't know, uh, I don't know. uh yes so uh no nah, I, I thought holopasus was all right and uh surprisingly funny at, at times uh if, i mean if anything if i had a complaint about the episode it would more probably be that Aside from the fact that that some of the characters maybe are a little insensitive towards him, it's probably more that I don't know if I really think his arc actually feels like it completes well enough. Like I, I don't think he really feels like he actually uh, like gets over any of his issues or has like a big breakthrough. It kind of feels like okay, he has the one idea and and Jordy uses it to fix everything, but it still feels like it's mostly Jordy. And, and then he leaves the ship anyway. He hasn't leave the ship. What are you talking about? I, I still got the impression that maybe he did. He was going to leave at the end. Like, you know, that, that goodbye was more. He couldn't. He still couldn't go and say oh, goodbye. No, to no, them. not at all. The whole that's the whole trick. Of, that's the whole point of the little twist is that he's not actually leaving the ship. He's just saying goodbye to this coping mechanism that he wants to leave okay. behind. Yeah, that's that's maybe the that's maybe the positive ending is that he's over this and he's going to leave this behind and still be a crew member on the ship. Uh, fair enough. I mean, it, it didn't come across that way to me. Fair enough. Uh, well, okay, it came across to you incorrectly. It, it, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, maybe to, for me, the way it was written came across as not that he was saying goodbye to them, but more he he'd grown enough, but to make a decision about what he wanted to do and be more comfortable, maybe somewhere else, but not enough that he'd want to go and actually say goodbye to 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 these people. He wasn't. He hadn't got to that stage. I, I don't know. That, yeah. that kind of. I don't know. Me. I feel like you were just so down in the episode by this point that you were kind of reading it in a more negative way. Maybe. I don't think that was... like When I say I don't feel that was intentionally negative in, in the way that... Um, it, it wasn't uncomfortably negative in the way that I found the the other things. Uh, that was just the way it played for me. Uh, but you, you're you probably right. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I thought there was no question. I'm surprised we're even having a debate about this. I thought there was no question that he stayed in the ship at the end. Is no, that fair enough. But hey-ho, that is Hollow Pursuits. Uh, so we'll be back next time with an episode called The Most Toys. Uh, here's a description on IMDb. When transporting a dangerous material to the Enterprise, Data is kidnapped and the crew is led to believe that he is dead when the shuttlecraft he was piloting explodes en route. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and I do recognize an actor in this. Not from that show, don't worry. Thank uh, God. <laughs> Uh, actually from Frasier of all things uh, believe it or not okay uh, but yes very good 
so yeah, we'll see if see if the next one uh, pans out. Uh, I, I thought this was a solid enough episode, <laughs> but I mean, uh, we'll still see. So you can let us know what you think of the episode in the comments below. You can like and subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, you can, of course, get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates, and you can support us financially if you want at patreon.com slash TV for as little as a dollar per month. At the $5 tier, you get these Star Trek reviews early, of course, uh, but uh, go and have a look and see if you're interested. Uh, but otherwise, that is us, so thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Star Trek, guys, and when it comes to the ladies, Wesley Crusher is in complete control.